Welcome to Sport Management Review Insights. I'm your host, Vito Sobro. Institutions are the cornerstone of sport. It's fair to say without them, organizing sport at any level would be difficult, if not impossible. So in this episode, we're going to look at how institutional work and institutional theory can help us to better understand and research sport. Joining us to discuss this is the star of the episode on institutional pluralism and sport entrepreneurship. He's someone who lives and breathes institutional theory. He's Associate Professor in the Department of Health and Kinesiology at Texas A&M University. It's Calvin Knight. Welcome back, Calvin. Oh, it's good to be here. That's a hell of an introduction right there. I hope so, because I, I thought you needed the build-up because it was such a great performance last time, backed by popular demand. I think your, your, your mom sent me an email saying, can you have him back? Um, no, it was fantastic last time. So, uh, of course, it's an absolute pleasure to have you back on. I uh, appreciate it. It's good to be back. Hopefully, hopefully uh, I don't make people unsubscribe like happened last time. Right? <laughs> Definitely not. Calvin and co-author Jonathan Edwards recently published from isomorphism to institutional work, advancing institutional theory in sport management research. Now, Kelvin, last time, of course, we discussed institutional theory and sport entrepreneurship in between Seinfeld references. Um, how did this paper, though, help our understanding of sport and sport research? Yeah, so this paper kind of came together when I had a conversation with uh, co-author John. And we had both been seeing some struggles that we were having uh, just conceptually within institutional theory in general, and just some broader conceptual, you know, ideas. Is this is this a theory or is this a framework? You know, how are we using this? How is this being implemented? Is it being implemented properly? Are we even considering it in the proper manner? And so, you know, out of that came this idea of like, well, um, maybe we should write a paper on it. And so, Hell, here we are. This a paper evolved over the period of a year from, you know, we're going to go from really being a challenging, the dominant paradigms of what it means to do institutional research. So became more of a review article and saying, hey, what's the state of the literature? What's the state of institutional theory within sport management? And what are the next steps uh, in that evolution of what are the next 10 years going to look like? Uh, building on uh, Washington and Patterson's work uh, that was done a decade ago where they reviewed institutional theory. So we kind of saw it as the next step in the evolution of you know, our understanding of that. I love that it came from an existential crisis. Who are we? What is this about? No, it's fantastic. Um, now, just on institutional theory and institutional work, just bear in mind that not everyone may have heard that fantastic podcast last time. And if you haven't, go back and listen. Uh, tell, tell us a bit more about it, what, what, what it is and why it's important. The easiest way to describe it are the taken for granted things that we do. And institutional work then are the concerted actions of how we, you know, conceive those and how the, the steps and the actions that are taken to build institutions, to challenge institutions, or to even maintain them. And so what we looked at with ours, and this has kind of been the focus of my research for a bit, is looking at that institutional work perspective and what are the things that actors do to build and maintain these taken for granted things. Sometimes make sense and sometimes they don't make sense. And so what are the things that are done, have been done, you know? And that's kind of where we uh, see our little niche evolving and, you know, where this paper went. And from the sport management research perspective, you know, you, you, you thought yourself, you know, how are we using this? You know, where is it going? Why was it important for you to, to eventually come to the idea that, well, we, we should write a, a more conceptual or review paper on this? 
From our perspective, and I think some others would agree with this as well. I think that sport management, and we thought that sport management research is kind of lagging behind the modern conceptions of institutional theory to some extent. You see a lot of people still uh, drawn on some classic ideas of uh, what how institutions perpetuate, you know, drawn on earlier works of they, you know, come through mimesis and then and coercion and all that stuff still holds. But, you know, the original thesis of neo-institutionalism, uh, I don't want to say it's the underlying thesis, but we started seeing this idea of isomorphism. Isomorphism is when you have a dominant form that then perpetuates to everybody. So, you know, our structure starts looking the same. We start acting the same. We start, you know, we structure our athletic programs the same way that other people have. In some regards, a lot of institutional theory work or institutional theory research uh, within sport management still seems to be stuck in some of those classic, you know, neo-institutional ideas. And, what we have seen, what others have pointed to, even Washington and Patterson in their 2011 paper pointed to this a little bit. And what we went hard at was this idea that we have to move beyond the idea that structured of structuration leads to isomorphism. Uh, and that's becomes, and that's what institutionalization is. What we are trying to do with our paper, and as an evolution of some of the work that I've done, some of the work that John has done, is that we try to move beyond and try and progress saying, hey, look, institutions are impacted and come into being via concerted action. And that's what institutional work is. And so it's more of a call and a push in the field to say, hey, we need to update and modernize. Now, we know that the institutional theorists in our field have adopted institutional work for sure. But it's everyone else who is using it as a means to explain something uh, and to understand their phenomenon need to go beyond the classic isomorphism structuration leading towards whatever X end is. And so that's kind of the evolution of where we see us contributing and saying, hey, it's not that isomorphism is bad, but let's update it a little bit and get back to where the broader management and organizational literature is trending towards. And that's this idea of institutional work. I can see where you got the title from there. And it's a, it's great alliteration in the title too. So I'm really impressed being an ex-journal. And so, like you said, you, you went about and looked at how institutional work and, and institutional theory was used in sport management research. What did you find when you were going through this? We found that institutional work is gaining popularity. A lot of it, it was the, you know, some shameless self-citing, right? Looking at the work that John and I have done, but others have done it as well. Um, we've seen that, there's still kind of like not really a coherent stream of institutional theory research within our field. It's more of just picking and pulling pieces whenever it makes sense. You know, nobody's just diving right in and saying, I'm going to go you know, hard on understanding legitimacy and writing 25 papers on legitimacy or even on logics work. So we still see some scattered nature. Uh, we see some, you know, people bringing in the institutional work concepts for sure. But by and large, there's just not a whole, there's not a coherent stream of, you know, this person studies this and this only. It's more of a pulling of the broader institutional tenets whenever they make sense. So, you know, that's kind of where we're at. We're, you know, in our paper, we made some calls saying there's some of these that we need to go a little more in depth in within our, within the sport literature, particularly getting back to understanding 
how our actions influence perceptions of legitimacy. Um, we also pointed towards like institutional logics are popular uh, as a popular topic within uh, the sport literature, uh, but we need to expand that beyond just saying, hey, multiple competing logics exist. Let's start looking at how logics are even constructed. Let's look at how people manipulate or uh, even weaponize logics in a manner to achieve whatever institutional ends they're looking for. And so we've talked about what's the state of the literature. It's, a, it's largely scattered, but there are areas where we can start saying, hey, you know, we can go a little more in depth. We can start learning. We can start, you know, not only contributing to understanding sport context, but also making more theoretical advances, which is, you know, kind of the dual nature of what we're trying to do within our field. Just on the advances, I think you mentioned a few of them here. You also discussed multi-level institutionalism and some other areas. Can you just tell us a bit more about how then can we advance using this framework and using this theory in sport management research? If we look at institutions, uh, institutions exist at every level, from the micro level to the meso level to the macro level. You know, if you want to add different terms to it from the individual level to the organizational level to the field level to even the cultural level. And so the institutional thesis is that all these levels impact one another. And that's where you start seeing the logics literature saying, hey, you know, logics at the macro level are gonna impact the logics at the meso level that are then gonna impact the logics at the micro level. And then, you know, it's a two-way street in that regard. That's the concept of embedded agency that we're both within institutions and we're also influencing the institutions. And so what we're saying with our work or with our paper is like, we need to better account for those uh, multi-level institutional ideas. We've seen a lot within the literature. Most of the time, you know, when we start invoking institutional theory, people tend to uh, stay within whatever level that they're studying, or they stay at the organizational level, and then just briefly touch on, you know, the societal level and how that impacts. We think there needs to be a more robust literature, a more robust understanding of how you know, all the levels interplay and how the actions at one level then impact the strategies at the next level and how the strategies at the lower levels then influence what's happening at the higher levels. Um, and it's just, to me, it brings in more of a holistic view of you know, this phenomenon of how the general idea of institutional theory is we do all of these things why do we do things like this? And it's beyond that my local sport organization says that we should do things. And this is the thing that the culture and the way we have institutionalized this way. Well, the way you've institutionalized that is based on what happens down the street and then what is happening within the broader trend of society. And as we move towards a more uh, globalized view of sport and we see more, uh, like we talked about in the last one, we start, start seeing more blurring of international boundaries when it comes to sport. We need to account for that when we start thinking about how we're building sport institutions, how sport institutions are staying in place, how they are being impacted. And that's kind of what our call was for is like, hey, let's be more explicit. Let's be more overt in talking about how these different levels all interact with each other. It does make a lot of sense. And you can see that because and sport is such an interesting case because you have these different levels of, of institutions as well. Like you mentioned, like just, just in, in soccer, football, yeah, there's the, the local association and the, and the state federation and national federation. And you've got FIFA at the top of that. Like you said, that they're all influencing each other and, and influencing other sports. Well, we see that in the U.S. as well. Like uh, one of the popular topics with 
specifically within college sport in the U.S. Now, I know that's not necessarily, uh, you know, translates to the rest of the world that much. But one of the things that we're dealing with in our country is the idea of name, image, and likeness. So college athletes have been largely amateurized, so which means that they're not allowed to profit off of themselves. Well, we're starting to see that that's an issue that needs to be addressed. Well, what we've found is that there are starting to be like it's starting to go up through the course. We're starting to see it as a legal thing. So it's even going beyond sport and into, you know, even the, go the governance of the country is saying, look, you're suppressing a certain population in this regard. Um, and, you know, all that stuff is still pending and going on and so forth. Uh, but it's starting to show it's like, look, there are even outside things that are influencing the way you do in your local sports, not just your sport governing body. You know, it is even your your nation's governance is going to impact what you're doing with your sport and the ingrained logics and the grained rationales of what your country is even built upon is going to impact the way you conceive and build your sport institutions. Those are some of the next steps, some of the exciting areas for those of us who are, you know, nerdy institutionalists that we get excited about is, you know, the pro progress of saying, hey, let's start talking about this, you know, how everything is embedded within everything and how all the layers are now making it and shaping our cognitions and our governance structures and just the way we do things in sport. It is fruitful territory for institutional nerds, without a doubt. Now, I, I, I am aware that some of the, the, the practitioners that, that listen, and I'm sure they listen, are uh, probably thinking, uh, how does this help me? You've talked a lot about institutional theory and institutional work. So more research using this framework and advancing the, these ideas, how will that help practitioners in the day-to-day coalface sport management work? That's a great question that we wrestle with all the time. To me, the more that we understand the underlying rationale of the way we do things and the way things have been done, the better we can operate and maneuver within those. So for instance, if, if we have seen that discrimination has become something that is institutionalized within a certain context, how has discrimination become the taken for granted norm in this setting? Okay. Is it based on what we're doing locally? Is it based on what we're doing globally? Is it based on what we're doing uh, just specifically within this organization? And the more that we can start understanding the interplay of all of these types of things, the better uh, we can then start addressing core problems. If you talk to you know, consultants and people in business, it's, they want to know how do we address core issues? Are you addressing core problems? Or are you addressing symptoms? And to us, if we can start understanding, and this is what institutional theory is really good at, finding what the, the root problems are, what the root issues are, and where they derive from, and why they have remained in place over a sustained period of time, then we can start arming ourselves with uh, tools to start addressing those types of issues. We can see that you know, the reason some of the stuff stays ingrained is because of the way, uh, from our previous conversation, uh, the way things are framed in the narrative. Well, if the narrative is framed this way, how do we then change that narrative and reframe something to where it makes sense or it can, we can advance whatever ends that we need. So from a broader standpoint, you know, institutionalists are really good at identifying those root cause issues. And once you understand a root cause issue, then you are more equipped to address that issue than you are, or because oftentimes you'll go chasing the rabbit hole of symptoms. And when you chase symptoms, you don't address the core problem. And that's where, 
to me, institutionalism or institutional theory is really good at understanding and illuminating those root issues. I think practitioners all around are going to start thinking, we need more institutionalism. Perfect. Now, just lastly, Kelvin, I'm sure you've inspired a whole bunch of, of, of researchers to think about this area and using this framework. What advice would you give them if they are now interested in, in trying to use this in, in their sport management research? Aside from, of course, read the paper. When you think about where you would start with this and start with, with these concepts is first you need to figure out what are the actual ingrained norms. And then you would start trying to figure out who are the ones who are uh, the influential actors. So who is it that has an interest in maintaining these? Who is it that has an interest in changing these? And then you need to theorize where they are at in the process. Are they change agents? Are they maintainers? Or are they, uh, what are their interests and what ends are they? So it becomes a level of theorizing whenever you need to figure out what the, what is ingrained and then who are the actors that, and who are those that are trying to keep things in place and what are their interests? Because if you look at uh, the broader management literature, we know that when you have multiple interests in a setting, that is where you start having the impetus for change. Because if I operate over here and my interests are say, hey, I want to maintain the way the current status is, okay, and you have interests over here that says I'm being disadvantaged, then start figuring out theoretical mechanisms. Do I have the resources? Does this group have the resources? Uh, but it comes with a level of theorizing who are the interested actors and what are the ingrained norms? And then of course, go read our paper and send us questions that you may have. Excellent advice. Uh, I think everyone's going to be super motivated to get going on this. It's really fascinating. It's always interesting uh, speaking to you, Kelvin. Uh, Again, really insightful research. I think it's, it's really going to help both, like you say, sport management researchers, but, but practitioners as well, importantly. We appreciate it. We hope it's useful. Maybe instead of six people this time, maybe we can get up to 12 people who are interested in what we do. I'm sure it's going to be many more. Thanks oh, so much, awesome. Calvin. Thank you. And thanks for listening to Sport Management Review Insights. Head to the Sport Management Review website to check out all the latest research that's been published, including the article discussed in this episode from isomorphism to institutional work, advancing institutional theory in sport management research. That's it for this episode, but of course, there are plenty more you can listen to on your favorite podcast player. And if you could follow the podcast and give us a five-star rating, that'd be great too. Until next time, it's bye for now.